Well, hey, good morning and good morning, gospel friends and fam. Thanks for jumping on our live stream today. Uh, what a great time of worship. Thanks to Randy and Sam for just their commitment to our worship team and just what we've been able to do over here at the Gospel House has been amazing. So thank you to them. Hey, uh, I hope you've been enjoying the Gospel Bible Study. We are officially on week 11 of our journey through the Gospel of John. And at the time of this recording, I'm getting over just a small head cold. Uh, we did get COVID tested though, and it is not COVID, so praise the Lord. But we are in week 11 of our study through John. I'm excited to continue it today. Would you grab a Bible wherever you're watching this from and uh, open up to John chapter 11? John chapter 11. Um, we've been sharing some of these messages too on YouTube after they're filmed. And so anybody watching on the replay, thanks for being a part of our pre-planting season here at Gospel Church. Um, we are getting ready for team training coming up in June. If you want to serve on our team, you can do so through our website. But ultimately, the point of the Gospel Bible Study has just been to kind of prepare our hearts for uh, planting a church over here in Western New York. And so we're just so thankful for technology and that you can watch along and feel like you are a part. John chapter 11, if you got it, here uh, is where we're going to start. We're going to read six verses, and I want to talk about some difficult subjects today, but something from this passage we can draw hope from, because that's what this is all about. Let's find some hope for tomorrow. Uh, the Bible says in verse 1 of John chapter 11, it says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. He's sick. This guy that you love, your friend Lazarus, is sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, but it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, after he heard the difficult news that his friend was sick, after the problem happened and things were not looking good, the Bible says when he heard of this news, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Uh, would you join me for a moment of prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for the moments we share to open up your book, your love letter to humanity. We thank you for this passage. We thank you for the truth that it brings out of our lives. Make it real, make it applicable to where we are in this day and in this time. We love you. We thank you for your spirit being among us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, I am 30 years old, and um, I know, I look younger, thank you. Um, 30 years old, and one of the things that people tell you when you're in your 20s is wait till you turn 30. They say you're going to feel it when you turn 30. You're going to wake up the day after your 30th birthday, and you will know that you are 30. Some of you are probably laughing right now saying, just wait till you get to 40 or wait till you get to the land beyond 40. Let's just leave it at that. The reality is when that moment came for me, I felt 30. I woke up, my back already hurts all the time, but it kind of hurt a little bit more that day. Um, I just felt different. I felt like I had moved into a different stage of my life. And as funny as the physical stuff is, there was a genuine difference about being 30 years old. I think that it's just the reminder 
of how frail life is, that when we turn certain ages, we feel certain aches and pains. I think that throughout life, sickness and illness and even death is an opportunity for us to remember what the point of life is all about. In the Christian worldview, we believe that we were created from the dust of the ground, mixed with God's spirit and become living souls. That's Genesis chapter two, verse seven. And if that's the case, we are actually from the dust, we're from the ground, then our bodies are going to wear away. They're going to waste away. They're going to decay. The truth is from the moment you are born, you begin life and your inevitable journey towards death. I would go as far to say that we all feel the effects of sickness and death. Me as a cancer survivor, I myself know what it's like to be close to death. You watching, you know what it's like to lose somebody to death or go through an experience where sickness is the focus of your faith. Be encouraged when we look in John 11 because it's in that tension that Jesus meets us. It's in that moment, it's in the darkest time for Mary and Martha that Jesus steps in. The Bible says in John chapter 8, when Jesus would speak about himself, he said, I am the light of the world. And he said, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I love that. Jesus says, those who follow me, those who put their trust in me, they have the light of life. What does that mean? The light of life is a promise for followers of Jesus that even when we're in the darkness, even when there's sickness on our body, even when death is over there smirking at us saying, I bet you didn't think I could do that. Those are the moments that the light of life lets us see things differently. As a follower of Jesus, we, we not only get rescued from darkness, but we get a new set of lenses for darkness. We, we get rescued out of darkness, but God changes our vision. So now we can see darkness differently. We know what it's all about doesn't make it okay that death is ex exists. It doesn't make it okay that we go through pain and through suffering, but it does show us that even in those moments, God is with us. John 11 is about halfway through John's perspective on the life of Jesus. And as you can already feel in the tone of this message, uh, this portion of scripture is in a moment of death. The story continues. And not only does Jesus show up late, after the sisters call for him. But the Bible says when he gets there, Lazarus has died. And now he has these two sisters that he has to confront. Um, this family, as we can read, the Bible tells us uh, in verse four, verse four, no, sorry, verse five of John 11, it says when, when Jesus heard about this, he stayed there and he goes through all this stuff. And it says, verse five, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, so let's just frame this out for a second. Jesus heard that someone he loves is sick. And rather than rushing and changing the situation right away, the Bible says that he stays where he's at for two more days. Have you ever felt like God was late? Have you ever felt like you were asking for something, believing for something, praying for something? And then when he actually did show up, you're like, wait a minute, it was way past my timeline, God. I've learned that uh, it's, it's, it's not often about our faith in moments of difficult situations, but it's about letting our faith respond to those situations. 
I believe uh, that Jesus comes into this moment. He's not just dealing with the faith of Mary and Martha. He's not just saying, come on, guys, get together. You have no faith. He's saying, because of your faith, Mary, because of your faith, Martha, how are you going to respond to this thing? How have you been responding lately? It's a question I've been asking myself, looking at the next few weeks lined up and next month and getting ready to be a dad. I'm starting to make sure my responses are in the line with God's word and his will for my life. That when my wife asks a question, my response is in the right way. People know you're Christian, not by just what you say, but how you respond to difficult moments and difficult situations. And in a day and age where we communicate better with texts and emojis, our church, Gospel Church, has to be committed to expressing to God how we feel and then responding with his word and what he says. Um, the Bible tells us in John 13, it's not by the scriptures you quote that people will know you're disciples of Jesus. But John chapter 13, particularly verse 24, says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you respond to one another in love. And so I want to look at the two types of responses here very briefly, and we'll have a moment of prayer at the end of today's uh, Bible study. I want to look at the responses of Martha and Mary, and I want to be investigative in my approach so that we can pull out principles from both Martha and Mary, but also see ourselves in both of them. Death is a part of life. It's, it's something that there's a mystery about it, and there's no perfect answer to say why Jesus let Lazarus die. There's, I, I don't have a hallmark card kind of faith that just works in the difficult moments. Jesus is showing us something about his character, about his heart, about his nature, and it's all because he loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Both responses are loved, both are accepted, but let's unpack them a little bit more. First of all, Martha's response. Look at verse 21 of John chapter 11. It says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. So Jesus and Martha have this moment. Martha's the worker. If you look other places in Scripture, we see she's good at working and serving, not so good at just kind of resting and being peaceful. And so here she comes, and she says, Jesus, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. Verse 22 says, but even now, Jesus, I know that if you ask from God, he'll give anything to you. Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Martha's response, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection and on the last day. You ever felt like, ah, oh, I know Jesus, I got it, I'm, I'm familiar, I know what you're about, say the prayers, do the stuff, I know. Look at Jesus' response to this I know it all attitude. Jesus says to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Martha was like, I know when the resurrection comes, he'll be back. Jesus' response is, woman, I am the resurrection. What you've been waiting on is here now. What if I told you that while you're watching this, what you've been waiting for is in front of you at this very moment? Isn't that crazy? He says, Martha, everything you thought this was about is standing in front of you. That's the goodness of the gospel. He, he takes the vastness of religion and idealistic thought, and he says, yes, all that's great, but he says, really, it's about a Savior that came to do something for you you can do for yourself. That's the good news of Jesus. That's the gospel. She looks at him. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. So Jesus says, I don't really care about how much you know. He says, do you believe what you know? Martha's response is that of knowledge. 
that of belief, not of belief. She says, I know, but the problem is, does she believe? That's the response I want to have. I don't want to just know how to respond. I want to believe my response. When death knocks on my door, I don't want to just say, oh, I know God will bring me to heaven. I want to respond and believe that in that moment, as hard as it may be. Not just, what about Martha? How she says, if you would have been here, you would have been here. We can all do that for days. I think Jesus is asking us, but will you respond? Through those questions, will you push forward even when you don't understand it, Martha? Will you go past that just to touch me and know how much I love you? Martha's response is somewhere we've all been. Let's jump down in the text now and let's look at Mary's response. Verse 28, Mary, who's a little bit more emotional, probably younger, different than her sister, says in verse 28, when she had said this, they went and called his sister, her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher's here, he's calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. Verse 31, when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her. This, her brother has died and God was nowhere to be found in her eyes. So when she jumps up and runs out the room, the text tells us that everyone noticed her leave and they assumed that she was just going back to the tomb to weep. Bible says that now when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him. She fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She says the same thing as her sister. But instead of just showing up like Martha did, the Bible says Mary comes and falls at his feet. Posture is so important when we're in grief. Grief is healthy. Grief is good. When we're dealing with loss, we have to recognize how important it is to grieve the right way. But our posture in grief either elongates the process or makes it smoother for our souls. The Bible says, she asked him, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. And the text tells us, verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And she said, where, and he said, where have you laid him? They responded, Lord, come and see. In verse 35, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Not like Martha, where we see knowledge and belief coming together. But with Mary, we see emotions and we see worship trying to come together. Emotions is she falls at his feet. To be affected by death is human. We should feel the emotions of life. There should be nothing in us that says, I can't express this true emotion. No, we have to be true. But the problem is when the emotions are the end all, that's when we get stuck. God wants to ask us today, church, when we show him our emotions, are we willing to turn those emotions into worship? It says that she falls at his feet. And, and, and you love the response of Jesus. He, he sees her weeping. He sees her emotions, but he sees her posture. And when he sees that, he is moved himself. The text tells us he was deeply moved in his spirit. Uh, this is deep, deep compassion. The Greek is splagnizomehi, the word there, and that means to be deeply moved within. It's not just a normal kind of, eh, I'm irritated. No, Jesus felt that death deep within him. And the beauty of it is that we can be affected by death and know that Jesus too was affected by death, but he didn't lose the battle to death. 
I end with 1 Corinthians verse 53 in chapter 15. It says, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our bodies must be transformed into mortal, into immortal into immortal bodies. What what am I talking about? This is a letter from the Apostle Paul to a church. And he's writing believers, and he's talking about the end of time. He's talking about rapture. He's talking about death. He's talking about how even in death there is victory. In verse 55, he starts referencing an old poem, and he says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? This is a prophetic line out of Hosea 13, But the idea is that death has power until Jesus himself died, came back from death, no longer allowing the sting of death to affect his people. Martha and Mary both show us responses towards death that we've all been through before. We all have responded like that before. But the beauty of this message is not how powerful death is. It's how powerful our God is. Look at verse 56 of 1 Corinthians 15. It says, For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. Now he's talking about the gospel. Now he's saying, you know, when you think about it, trying to keep all the rules and quote-unquote just be a good person, that actually has some sting to it. Like the law is the standard of God. It's the thing we should keep. It's the thing we all have deep down inside of us when we're like, oh, that feels wrong. That's the moral law of God, standards that he set. But the truth of the matter is we could never meet those standards. And so when Jesus came and he met the standard, he removed the sting of death. The Bible says the law gives sin its power. Of course, death has an effect when we put so much emphasis on it as it's an end. When reality is, in what my Bible says, what I believe is death is just the beginning. It's the transfer into eternal life. So if that's the case, look at verse 57. Paul says this, but thank God. In other words, respond with thanksgiving when you contemplate death. Respond with thanksgiving because God gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you've lost somebody in your life, God cares. It's not just like, have more faith, get over it. No, God cares about it. But don't get stuck too long. Take the proper time to contemplate what has happened. God wants us to be real with our emotions, but he wants us to know, don't forget what this whole thing is about, that one day you will be able to live forever. One day, pain, sickness, cancer, all that stuff will not exist. Because of what he's done for us, we will be able to experience eternity. That, my friends, is going to be an amazing day. Father, thank you for this text, for the tension of Mary and Martha, for the moment that Jesus walks into. Lord, I ask that every time we go through similar experiences, you would just show us you're with us. Don't We don't want pressure or anxiety, try to do more. We just need a touch from you. So I ask now, God, that that same spirit would flow wherever these people are listening from. Right now, thank you for our response to thank God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you're watching this, maybe someone sent this to you, I wanna encourage you, hit that person up 
or even now have that quiet time with the Lord. Like if you believe what I was talking about, you want to give your life to God. It changes you forever, friend. So I'd encourage you to do that. Hey, we love you. We'll see you next time here at the Gospel Bible Study.